and He is with us, and when we feel like that He's not, He is. He hasn't gone anywhere, and so I thank God today that we can come together as a body of believers, and we can be encouraged with one another to know that God still reigns, and that He is still in charge. So if you would stand with me across the building today, we want to read Galatians 2 and 20 as we read every Sunday morning. And, and my prayer is that the life that we read about in Galatians 2 and 20 is that you strive to live out that life, that crucified life. Because, uh, folks, that's what we're to do is that it's not about you, it's not about me, but it's about what Christ does in our hearts and in our lives. And if we will allow Him, then we can be crucified. If we will allow Him, we can allow the flesh to die out and allow the Spirit of God to resurrect in our hearts and our lives is that we've got to be crucified with Him so that we can live the life that He has called us to, to live. So let's read Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across this building today. Today is a wonderful time as it is raining outside a little bit today as I call that liquid sunshine that's going on. We want to thank those that are watching today here at www.vfclexton.org. My prayers are something I can say to you and your family to encourage you along the way as we get into God's Word today. So if you have the sword of the Spirit, your Bible, hold that up high across the building. There'll be those that won't be able to see it, but your Bibles are up. If you've got your Bible app through your Android or iPhone, tablet, whatever you have, laptop, whatever you have, and those there at home, we want to get into God's Word. I've started a brand new series called the Holy Spirit Series. And if there's ever a time which we're living, now is that time where that we need the Holy Spirit to be activated in our hearts and in our lives. And we cannot do what God has called us to do if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives through our daily walk with Him. Not just on Sunday mornings do we want the Holy Spirit to be activated, but we want Him to be activated on Monday morning, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. As time goes on, we want the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives every day. And so we're going to talk about this for the next few weeks on the Holy Spirit. So if you missed my sermon uh, last week, you can go on our website and, uh, and look up that as well into the media area. And you can see that clearly as we get into God's Word. The title of my message today in this Holy Spirit series, number two, Who He Is and What He Does. Who is the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does. And I'm going to show you today in Scripture of who He is and what He does 
for our hearts and in our lives today. So if you have your Bibles there, open up with me to John's Gospel, the 14th chapter, beginning with the 16th verse. There's a, a Bible there on the pew. It'll be put up on the screen here. And as we get in here, we're going to be going through some scriptures today. So I want you to follow along with me. Take notes. Uh, this will be a great time for you to learn. If you don't know a lot about the Holy Spirit, this will be a great time to learn about the Holy Spirit because I'm going to teach you a little bit about the Holy Spirit and I may get a preach in it uh, as I'm teaching. So I may get a little excited. So uh, just strap on and follow with me the Holy Spirit series, sermon number two, who He is and what He does and if you're there at John's Gospel 14 and 16, uh, then we're going to go right on into God's God's word here today. And I will pray the Father. I want you to look at this. I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide. With you forever. Let me read that again. John's Gospel 14 and 16. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. In John 14 and 17, the Spirit of the truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. John 16 and 7. Follow along. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father you see me no more and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged and I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now and however when he the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come, and he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Can I hear amen to God's word? Who is the Holy Spirit? I want you to know today as we go into this study, the Holy Spirit, he is God. As the Father is God. As the Son is God the third person of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit is a person. I want you to know the Holy Spirit is not an it, nor is it a thing. The Holy Spirit has been executed by God the Father, with God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
And I want you to know they all have offices and they all three do different things, but they are one. And I want you to look at this. The Holy Spirit is a person. The mistake of thinking him that he's in, in uh, that him as in, in personality. Some will say that he's a falsely teacher, he is only a force. And the Holy Spirit has intellect. For I want you to know in Romans 8 and 27, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now I want us to look at this a little bit. In Romans 8 and 27. Now he represents God. Now God who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, this he is talking about, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So I want you to know God the Father is over the Son and over the Holy Spirit and therefore God is executing out and He is saying this is exactly what I'm wanting my people to know because we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. He is saying Holy Spirit I want you to reside in those that have accepted me and that has received me as their personal Savior, I want the Holy Spirit now, when you receive Jesus Christ into your heart and life, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and making intercession for the saints according to not your will, not to somebody else's will, but the will of the Father. Because the Comforter has come, the Holy Spirit has come, and the Holy Spirit is to come into our hearts and life when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. The Holy Spirit is not only has intellect, but the Holy Spirit has emotions. Ephesians 4 and 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Not only does the Holy Spirit have emotion, but the Holy Spirit has a will. 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, But one and the same Spirit <clears throat> works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Let me read it again. 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. These are the characteristics of the personality of what the Holy Spirit is. But what does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? My first point today is this. The Holy Spirit comforts. The Holy Spirit comforts. You know, I feel like today we don't give a lot to the Holy Spirit. We may pray to God the Father, we may pray God to the Son, but we don't allow the Holy Spirit to come and be activated in our hearts and life. And He's in our hearts when we accept Jesus into our lives, but we don't allow the Holy Spirit. 
not too long ago, I had someone of my church felt impressed to pray for me. And while I was having altar call, this female lady came up to me and says, Pastor, the Spirit of God has spoke to me and says, Your foot is swelling and that you need, you need prayer. So she called for the deacon to come in front. The deacon laid hands on me. She was praying with me. I was holding her hand as the deacon was placing his hand upon me. And they began to pray over me because there again she was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit spoke to her, she came when I gave an altar of prayer to say, we want to pray over you, Pastor. And I thank God for that because after that prayer, my swelling in my foot began to go down. And I want you to know how strong the power of the Spirit of God is, but I want you to know how strong the Holy Spirit is as well. <clears throat> and we as Christians, if we claim to be Christians, and we know Jesus Christ, and we claim to serve Him, then we need to make sure that the Holy Spirit is activated in our hearts and life, that we not grieve the Holy Spirit, that we not quench the Holy Spirit, that we not vex the Holy Spirit, that we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, if we've got a bunch of garbage in our hearts and our lives and claim to be Christians we've got animosity if we've got envy if we got jealousy we've got madness you can't allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in your heart until you begin to address that that you're dealing with in your life then that's when the Holy Spirit can be activated in your heart and in your life the Holy Spirit is there to test us but the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us but the Holy Spirit there is to keep us in check and balance every day we can't walk around that we're just holier than thou that we're no earthly good because if we feel like that we're more righteous than everybody else Jesus clearly lets us know that we're nothing but filthy rags because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And therefore we must all, including your pastor, must come to the altar and come to the cross and say, Holy Spirit, if I'm not where I need to be, Holy Spirit, do a check and balance in my life so that I not grieve you, that I not vex you, Lord, that I not quench you, but Holy Spirit, be activated in my life. Why, Pastor? Because the Holy Spirit has come. He is called the Comforter. John 14 and 16 says this, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. Look at this. I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you, forever that he may abide with you forever what are you saying pastor what i'm saying is as jesus says i will pray to the father jesus says i will intercede for you i will go before you i will pray to the father and he will give you another helper jesus is saying that the holy spirit 
will come into your heart and life that he may abide with you not when you want him not when you call on him but that he will reside in you forever when you accept Jesus Christ in your heart and life. The Holy Spirit is to be activated in your life, not on Sunday, not on Wednesday night, but it is to be activated through the weekdays. Why? Because when you come out of this church, you are on a mission field. You're on a mission ground. You're out to reach those. You're out to reach your kingdom. The kingdom that Jesus Christ has called you to work in. And therefore you must be allowing the Holy Spirit to be activated in your life because you don't know who you're going to come across. You don't know who you're going to talk, talk with. You don't know what situation you're going to get in. You don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit to be activated in your life every day. Now I want us to look at this. The Greek word is parakletos. And parakletos means one that will come beside you and help you. When the Bible says, and I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper, that's the parakletos, that's the one Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is going to work beside you and work with you and be activated in your life to help you. John 14 and 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, see here's the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring, look at this, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. In other words, those things that Jesus has spoken and those things that the Word of God speaks to us, the Holy Spirit will be with you and bring all things to your remembrance to help you as a Christian day by day that not only are you getting help, but you're helping others because the Holy Spirit is now beside you. He's in you. He's walking with you. But He cannot be active if we're grieving Him, if we're vexing Him, if we're quenching Him, if we're not listening, if we're avoiding Him. Clearly God is saying, I have a comforter for you. John 16 and 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. Here Jesus is speaking and He is saying, Listen, I'm going to depart. But when I depart from you, and this passage is also talking about when Jesus had went through death, hell and the grave, He arose on the third day. He was here for 40 days and yet He was getting ready to ascend back to His Father. He was saying, Now when I go back, you guys are not going to be alone. When I go back, I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to let you know that my Heavenly Father is going to bring down the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to reside in your hearts and in your lives. That you may be comforted and not comfortless. How interesting that this is the first title that's used by Jesus. How often we need comfort. We need comfort when separation is near. 
Jesus was about to be separated from his disciples. The cross in all its agony was ahead. We need comfort when tears are near. We need comfort when we feel alone. We need comfort when others turn against us. We need comfort when death has touched those near to us. We need the Holy Spirit, folks. This is what we're not, we're not getting. We're needing to know that the Holy Spirit is there in our tears. The Holy Spirit is in when we're feeling alone. The Holy Spirit is there when people turn against us. The Holy Spirit is there when we deal with the death. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comforts us. He helps us. He helps us get through life, and He helps us to help others as well. My second point today is this, the Holy Spirit counsels. Not only does the Holy Spirit comforts, but He gives us counsel. I think a lot of times we don't give Him enough credit. The Holy Spirit is to live in us. The Holy Spirit is there. He is to be activated in our lives. I think with a lot of trash that we may have in our hearts and minds, a lot of things that we're dealing with, uh, whatever, whatever it may be, we allow that to happen. That's going to vex the Holy Spirit. That's going to quench the Holy Spirit to where you're not going to be operating in the Spirit, but you're going to be operating in the flesh. You're operating in carnality. You cannot move. You cannot do the work that Jesus Christ has called us to do when you're walking in the flesh. Because if you're in the flesh, you will die to the flesh. But if you're in the Spirit, you will die to the Spirit. And the Spirit will resurrect and cause life and cause victory when we allow the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts and our minds and quicken us that our spirit would be on tack with God and that God would consume us like an all-consuming fire, that we would be on fire for God because we're allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us and renew our hearts and our minds. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. It is not for us to worry about what's happening with Joe, what's happening with Susie Q, what's going on with this, what's going on with that. It is not for us to get our minds on anything else but the Holy Spirit and the work that God has called us to do, and that is to do kingdom work. Nothing else matters but to have that relationship with Jesus Christ and say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my heart and life. Have your way in my heart and life. He shall teach you all things. <clears throat> it is nothing but the trick of the enemy when he calls us to get our minds on everything else around us. Why ain't this happening? Why ain't that happening? Why ain't this going on? Why ain't that going on? We'll get our, the devil will get our minds all wrapped on everything else but the main thing. And the main thing is we've got to stay focused, folks. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives. Because guess what? If we're not allowing the Holy Spirit 
to be activated in our hearts and life. We're walking around in the flesh. And I promise you, we will not get far. You will not get far walking in the flesh. We must be bold, but we must allow the Holy Spirit to take charge, take precedent in our, our hearts and our lives, and be sensitive. Jesus says, He that humbles himself shall be exalted, but he that exalts himself shall be humbled. And that we must go with God and allow the Holy Spirit not only to comfort us, but the Holy Spirit to counsel us. We need a counselor. We have a Holy Spirit. And when we are perplexed, we need the Holy Spirit. Many things that trouble the world is perplexed and it has perplexed us but we still need to be active in the Holy Spirit. We go to God and Jesus, but a lot of times we don't even go by the Holy Spirit. We'll go to God and we'll go to Jesus, but when the Holy Spirit resides in us, we will, if we're not careful, we will say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to encourage I'm not going to call somebody and encourage them. I'm not going to pray for somebody. I'm going to let somebody else do it. I'm going to let the pastor do it. That's his job. That's what he gets paid to do. I'm going to let this, let that happen, let this happen. I'm not going to do it. That's walking in the flesh. Folks, we've got to walk in the Spirit. We've got to walk in the bond of love. We've got to unite ourselves together in the bond of love. We're in this thing together. Iron sharpens iron. We're to pray for one another. We're to encourage us. But you don't know what they've done to me, Pastor. You don't know what's been said to me. You don't know this. You don't know. No, I don't know a lot of things. But I do know one thing. We've got to get our minds back on the cross and get our minds on Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can be disciples and servants that Jesus has called us to be. Jesus has been a counselor to his disciples. He had counseled them over and over and over again, but he couldn't be with them physically forever. He had to return back to his Father. But he did not leave them comfortless, but he was leaving them with a comforter. Now he would send the Holy Spirit, the comforter, to teach them. The Holy Spirit is not only a counselor, He is a tutor. He tutors us in our growth and development in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us day by day so that we can get connected back to the Heavenly Father, that we can stay connected to Jesus Christ. That it's not about you, it's not about me, but it's about what Jesus Christ is doing in our hearts and life by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, that we would be the servant and the disciple that Jesus Christ has called us to be. The Holy Spirit teaches us individually, teaches us continually. What does He teach? He teaches us all about the Bible of all of what God is saying and what He will continue to say. 2 Peter 1 and 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is out of any private interpretation. 
For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by, look at this word, moved by the Holy Spirit. Nothing could even be done unless the Holy Spirit was moving, unless the Holy Spirit was the object, that the Holy Spirit was the one that moved upon men to do what they did. It took the Holy Spirit, and if it took the Holy Spirit then, it's going to take the Holy Spirit now for you and I. Listen. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's all about life. It's all about Jesus. John 16 and 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, talking about the Holy Spirit, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you, the Holy Spirit, tell you things to come, and He will glorify me, The Holy Spirit's not overriding Jesus. It's not overriding God the Father, God the Son. The Holy Spirit, He will glorify me. Well, everything, the glory goes back to Jesus Christ, goes back to God. For He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. This is what the Holy Spirit will do. And all things that the Father has are, look, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. See, I want you to know God the Father put the Holy Spirit in place. It was put in place for you. It was put in place for me. When God the Father saw Adam and Eve and he created Adam and Eve, He saw as they began to live, he saw the forbidden fruit that was taken and therefore sin entered into the world and therefore they did not die physically but they died spiritually. But God made a better way because he says, I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, into the world and he sent him in, in, in the world, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit and came into this world to give an ultimate sacrifice, to die on the cross, that you and I may know Him and make Him known. And therefore, when He brought His Son in His mind, He was thinking, well, my Son will be sacrificed, but He won't be on the earth long. So now I'm going to get get the Holy Spirit ready to go so that when my Son comes back, the Holy Spirit will... Uh, descend down upon all flesh that receives Jesus Christ into their heart and their life and then the Holy Spirit will then begin to reside in our hearts and in our lives. My third point today is this, the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts. Now what the Holy Spirit does It's the Holy Spirit does check and balance on our hearts and lives. If you've got a bank account, savings account, and I'm just going to give you an analogy here, there's got to be a check and balance. 
Because if you're spending out more than what's coming in, then you're going to bounce checks. If you spend more out than what you record down, you're going to be in a heap of trouble. You're going to be in a mess. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does with us. The Holy Spirit does a check and balance in our lives. In other words, the Holy Spirit convicts. Let me give you an example. When the Holy Spirit is activated in your heart and life as a Christian, if you had a sharp tongue and you told somebody off the Holy Spirit after you've done it, we'll say, well, wait a minute, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. shouldn't have said that. Or it can be before you say it. The Holy Spirit will say, wait a minute, don't say that. Wait a minute, don't, 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 don't do that. So see, the Holy Spirit can go either way. It can go before, and it can actually go even after. Now, if it goes before, it means that you've been having a good relationship with Jesus Christ. You've been intact with Jesus. You're allowing Jesus to have your way. You've been having a a personal relationship with Him day in and day out to where the Holy Spirit can say, wait a minute. But then there's times that we get heat of the moment that we say something and the Holy Spirit says, wait a minute, that wasn't right. You shouldn't have said that. Then what do we do? What we do is we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't vex the Holy Spirit. You don't quench the Holy Spirit. You act then and say, I am sorry. Please forgive me. Jesus clearly lets us know even in the Bible, if somebody's offend you, it's not for you to go straight to the pastor. It's for you to go to them and them alone. If they've offended you and if, that, if they can't accept that and say, please forgive me, where there's two or, two or three that can come together, then to get it, get it ironed out, get it ironed out. If you can't get it ironed out, then, then you bring it before the church. There is a way that Jesus clearly lets us know if we have something against each other. But the Holy Spirit puts us in check and balance in our walk every day. And if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit is not speaking to you to make those changes, you're walking in the flesh and you're not walking in the Spirit. And when you walk in the flesh, you're walking in carnality. And when you're walking in carnality, you're walking in S-I-N, sin, period. What do you do, Pastor? You have to come back to an altar of prayer and you have to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me, I have sinned. And Lord, help me and allow your Holy Spirit to come in and speak to me and show me. And Lord, be with me, Holy Spirit. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It does a check and balance. It does a check and balance. And it can come to the point where it comes to you before you say it And it can come to you even after you say it with the Holy Spirit being activated in your heart and life. He will, the Holy Spirit, will reprove. John 16 and 8, And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of the righteousness and of judgment of sin because they did not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. In other words, Satan has already been judged. He thinks he's going to win, but he's not. He's done been judged. Therefore, 
we must allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives that we don't let the devil take charge in our lives, that we not allow the flesh to override the Spirit because the flesh and the Spirit wrestles against each other the Bible says, and it will be until the day you die, but then therefore we've got allowed the Holy Spirit to take charge. You know, I'm reminded that, that uh, the Apostle James spoke, there's one thing in your body that cannot be tamed, and that's your tongue. The Bible says in Proverbs that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will surely eat thereof of it. And we have to be very careful about what we say and what we do as Christians because we claim to be part of Jesus Christ. We claim to be a servant. We claim to be a disciple. We claim to say, I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. But do we claim the Holy Spirit in our hearts and life to be activated day in and day out? Do we walk in the Spirit on Sunday and we walk in the flesh on Monday? We can't do that, folks. You've got to walk in the Spirit on Sunday. You've got to walk in the Spirit on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. You've, it is a way of life. It is a way of relationship, allowing the Holy Spirit to take place in your life on a daily basis. He, the Holy Spirit, convicts of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us when we do wrong. But if we, if we quench the Holy Spirit, vex the Holy Spirit, and don't allow the Holy Spirit to do what He needs to do in our lives, we'll override it and justify ourselves and be justified in everything we do. You can't walk around being justified and saying, I am right and everybody's wrong. You can't have the mentality or the head or the mind being high-minded that you're no earthly good. You can't say everybody's out of step but you. You've got to look to yourself. Everybody will have to bend their knees and give account to Jesus Christ. After you die in this life, it's there is the judgment. You will be judged. I will be judged with every word of everything that has come out of your mouth. But is the Holy Spirit activated in your life right now? Are you walking in flesh? Is the Holy Spirit being activated in your life? If you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be activated in your life, you are walking in sin. You're walking in the flesh. And you cannot do the work of God. He has called everyone. He's commissioned us to reach the lost. At any cost, we are to go out in the highways and the hedges and compel and let people know about Jesus. But how can we let people know about Jesus if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to change our hearts and minds? How can the blind, as the Bible says, how can the blind lead the blind? You can't do it. Because it's going to take the Holy Spirit. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. Listen, people have conscious. They have consciousness going on. Listen, the Holy Spirit prods the, the conscious about our sin. 
Do you ever feel guilty? If you feel guilty, this is the spirit first that's working in you. If you've been short with somebody, if you told somebody off, if it's been a road rage on the highway, whatever, you wanted to flip them off, cuss them out, was the Holy Spirit activated in that? No! The Holy Spirit wasn't activated in that. That was nothing.